Welcome into Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride, the most popular Chiefs website on all of the internet. Pass intercepted. It's Dan Sorensen. A pick six. Dan Sorensen. Dirty Dan Sorensen. All Chiefs, all the time. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. And welcome in to AP Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Jay Binkley with the editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Pete Sweeney. Pete, good evening. Good evening, Jay. What's going on, man? Not much. Just a lot of news on the Chiefs front with the Packers. You know, it was going to be a daunting challenge with the Chiefs going to the stretch here with the Pack, with the Raiders, and with the Dallas Cowboys. We've kind of chunked up this season. So they get past the three. They finish 2-1 and one again against Washington and uh, Tennessee and the Giants. But a tough stretch for the Chiefs, the only team in the NFL playing teams with winning record each and every week are the Kansas City Chiefs, um, you know, minus the Denver Broncos in that yeah, scenario. That, that minus, might, the, minus the Denver Broncos. That might not else, be the case after this week. It's but. still the best winning percentage of every other team. But then the news dropped this morning. Right. Aaron Rodgers on the COVID list. We know Devontae Adams already was. We'll see if he's cleared or not. He should be. But the big news, Aaron Rodgers going to 100% miss this game this week. Following week against Seahawks, still up and out. But the, the main thing is, for Chiefs fans, he's not playing against Kansas City Chiefs which means Jordan Love. Right. And the immediate reaction, I think, to this, as with some of the stories that you've seen in the NFL this week, is a speedy recovery to some of these guys on the Packers that are dealing with COVID. It doesn't always go well for, for, for these guys. But the next thing you think about is the football of it and what does this mean for the game. And this is a break for the Chiefs on the football field. There's no other way to look at it. I had been saying and and... I talked about it on our podcasting this week. I had talked to colleagues and, and folks on here about it. This was going to be the first week I was going to pick against the Chiefs in a really, really, really long time. I just couldn't wrap my head around the Chiefs in this state beating an Aaron Rodgers-led team, coming off longer rest than them by five days um, with Rodgers. And I would assume and I thought, and I guess we'll see if Devontae Adams was going to be back in that mix, but I had watched this Packers team without Devontae Adams go and beat an undefeated Cardinals team on Thursday night football, who I really, really respect. And I think it's a legitimate good football team in the NFC. And then again, you add that rest in, you have Rodgers versus a struggling Mahomes, a struggling Chiefs offense, a team that can only beat, it seems, these lowly NFC East teams. And then you get this information now. And so it is a break. The line quickly shifted from the Chiefs being a one-point underdog to seven-and-a-half-point favorite. So Aaron Rodgers in Las Vegas is worth eight-and-a-half points coming into Kansas City, which is insane. I do think this, Jay, and I'm curious on your thoughts on this, this immediately makes this— And it's up to eight-and-a-half now, too, by the way. This immediately makes this a a Giants-like matchup for the Chiefs where you have to win it, and you should probably win it convincingly at, at this point. So it's going to be Jordan Love's first start uh, of his career. I I think it, it, it turns into a thing like if the Chiefs had blew that Giants game and they were down three points in the fourth quarter, it would be, and rightfully so, panic city this week. I still feel like if Jordan Love in his first start comes in and beats NFL MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes, you're still at that point where, like, how at that point do you feel like you can beat a Las Vegas Raiders team, like you can beat a Dallas Cowboys? So now this, I think, does shift a little bit of pressure back to Kansas City, but it is a break nonetheless. 
And their third string quarterback, it's on the practice squad, Kirk Benkert, that they usually elevate in these situations, which they would have elevated to be behind Jordan Love. Because what mm -hmm. happens to him if he gets hurt, then they then they're screwed. They didn't right. fly in Blake Bortles today. We'll see how that deals transpires. But again, you got to get up to speed. He's That's gotta... what I mean. I mean, you're flying in Blake and Bortles. He's gonna do the you have to win else. this game if you're no, Kansas City. It, well, Benkert was their, their third. He's on the he's on the uh, uh, COVID list himself. Uh, but you're not going to see. Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers once again because, well, he had several instances. Remember the couple years ago playing the Packers? Matt Moore. Matt Moore played for the Kansas uh, City, City Hero. He won one and a half games for the Chiefs in their Super Bowl. Yeah, the Oregon State Beavers. You know what I'm saying? Everybody talks about Fitzmagic, and I agree. I think at some point, like uh, Tim Grunhardt did, did the other night, Fitzpatrick, when he's done with playing, he should come and, and bang the drum for being a part of that 2019 Super Bowl, but it's the forgotten game of Matt Moore beating the Minnesota Vikings. And okay, you might say in your car right now, well, Pete, that's Kirk Cousins. The Vikings were a playoff team that year. Matt Moore won that game, and had Matt Moore not won that game against the Vikings, he, didn't, he played a decent game against the Packers too, um, but had he not won that game against the Vikings, the Chiefs wouldn't have gotten the bye, and who knows what that revisionist history ends up looking like. So Matt Moore, another uh, Kansas City hero in their folklore. And then they didn't get a chance last year in the Super Bowl because Aaron Rodgers couldn't mm -hmm. win the NFC Championship game. He's been the two straight, lost that one. Mahomes was asked about the missed opportunity to play uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely disappointing. I mean, uh, when you get to see an all-time great um, like him play, and I've kind of watched this game for a long time, feeling that I play a similar style, um, you always want to compete against the best. Um, but um, hopefully uh, he's healthy. It's not too bad. Um, he, I'm sure he'll come back from, from it uh, stronger than he was before. So the real question is now it's Jordan Love. There's preseason film you can watch. You can go back and watch him in college, although there's not much of a point to that unless you want to see maybe some idiosyncrasies he has when he throws the football and he tells he gives up. They will be watching a lot of, uh, of preseason film, but the Honey Badger was asked that question as well. How do you prepare down for Jordan Love? Uh, probably not too much, obviously. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a, is a special player, um, probably one of the most talented quarterbacks in this league. Um, but I think as far as preparation, um, it's all about you know, our mindset, our attitude, um, you know, trying to get as much information you know, as we can. Uh, pretty sure those guys' offense uh, won't change uh, too much. So uh, it's all about formational recognition and just understanding what's going on from our end. <laughs> I like that from the Honey Badger, and then he was followed up with, uh, well, I mean, what do you do? And he said, I don't know. I asked my coaches the same thing. What do we do with the Jordan Love preparation? I, I, I don't know, Pete. Matt LaFleur seems to think, uh, you know, it's business as usual. They could run the same offense. It is different. I mean, he, he was asked a million questions about Rodgers, obviously, but Jordan Love came up quite a bit. It's too late to really install a, a new offense. I, I do think back to when it's gonna be insane. Patrick Mahomes was out of the mix and you had Matt Moore, and it certainly was changed, and the plays they installed that week were, were different and, and sort of fit more. But I, when it comes down to the foundation of it, it it's going to be largely the same. And not to say that, that it is all that similar of, of a situation. I, I just think Aaron Rodgers, the type of quarterback he is, you could have a lot of different quarterbacks and maybe install him in that system now. Are they up to the caliber of the accuracy, the playmaking ability, the arm? I guess we're about to see if Jordan Love can can fit the bill, but I think there's a reason that they ended up taking him in the first round and ticking off their franchise quarterback. It's because they feel like he has at least the raw talent. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm I'm doing a little bit of mesh film, I would say, right? You watch how they've run the offense this year, 
and then you zone in on the preseason snaps. What hurts Green Bay here is that Aaron Rodgers wasn't available in the preseason. So there is some tape at least to view, okay, here were what the Packers coaches were doing with this quarterback who's going to be making its first start. And, of course, uh, in other news, the Chiefs did sign Melvin Ingram this week. And Melvin here, Ingram. Here's a guy, you, you know my feelings of Melvin Ingram. I wanted the Chiefs to sign him back on the last time because when Justin Houston's being talked about Melvin discount. Ingram, I said, let's get you got, Melvin you Ingram. You got the thrift store, Melvin Ingram. Well, you do is. because yeah. what? how's the salary going to work out? Because $4 million, he say it was a heavy signing bonus type contract. Chiefs are still going to own the prorated portion of a vested like veteran, or so. which is it's a million plus you take that off, so it's about six hundred thousand. Andy Reid was asked today, do you expect him to play this week? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We're not going to put him in a bad situation. So um, he just got here, and he was able to sit in on the meetings. But uh, I mean, he just got here late last night and uh, kind of got cranking this morning. So we'll see how see how he picks things up and how where he feels comfortable with you know with these veteran guys. They'll let you know and if you keep open communication with them. So. I like the move because here's the thing. Expect him to get a ton of sacks. No. no. All I really want is the only, only thing you really need, you get flexibility more now that you're comfortable about Chris Jones playing on the inside, which 28 of the snaps right. were 14 were from the outside. So it gives you that flexibility. But you're only talking one or two big plays here, Pete. Third and seven against the Raiders, tight game down. He goes through, strip sack, fumble, or just gets a sack. That's what you're counting on for Melvin Ingram. Yeah, I think the reality is he's going to be here for nine games, right? So you put the over-under, I think, at two and a half sacks. Just make him count. Right? Make a big play. You know, I and I don't know if I'm even taking the over in that scenario. I think it's more of a depth move than people realize. If you are going to commit to Chris Jones reversing what he's been doing and being more of an inside-outside guy as opposed to an outside-inside guy, which is what he's been. You saw signs of that the other night. I think you're leaning into the rotation of these guys. An older player like an Alex Okafor is better when he can rotate and not have what is the uh, equates to a lion's share of snaps. You have Mike Dana. I know it sounds insane to say, but Melvin Ingram now and Mike Dana now, you probably would rather see the snaps go to Dana. And what I'm saying here is, I think there's a role for Ingram, but that is what he is here to be. It's it's a role player who's going to, I think, be in the rotation. And as you see Frank Clark getting healthier and you see Melvin Ingram and he still has some juice left, you're moving Chris Jones a little bit more on the inside, especially on you know what is those, those passing downs and now even some additional rundowns and you bring in Jaron Reed and you start to get this line healthier. It's going to help everybody, and I think you're going to see a lot of different bodies moving in and out, and that's exactly what Steve Spagnuolo likes to do. I think it's a low-risk, pretty medium-to-high-reward. Why not make the, the trade? It's only a six-round pick. But they must have promised him something because this is a big reason why he went out of Pittsburgh, which he chose. Well, he wants to be in the rotation. Well, he wants to play. There's snaps. There was yeah. incentives for him to reach with his contract. I don't know how many of those are going to be carried over the Chiefs. Steelers ended up paying a lot of that, but there's a big reason why. He wants snaps. He wants snaps. That's the big reason why he's here in the first place. Yeah, the Steelers were playing him a little bit more early in the year. He he went from having what was in the 50s of snaps, high 40s, and then it was dipped down to the mid-30s, and, and then that got to be under 20 and, and kind of worked himself a little bit out of the lineup. And so, yes, I, I think the reason he wanted out of Pittsburgh was he wanted to play. Pittsburgh was looking for an NFC suitor. They didn't want to trade him reportedly in the conference. It looked like that wouldn't happen. Probably the Chiefs were the 
the best offer at the <laughs> sixth six round the pick. And so what, what is interesting about that, and, and here's what I'll say about, you know, the, the two and a half sack prediction, maybe a little bit more than that if, if he plays well. This is a, a player who should have a chip on his shoulder against the L.A. Chargers and should have a chip on his shoulder against the Pittsburgh Steelers, two of the teams on this toughest remaining schedule. That stuff where the player comes in and is like, this is another game, that is, is as fake as it's come. Every player wants to play and has extra motivation against their old, in this case, teams, and you wonder uh, how uh, much of an impact Ingram can make in those games in particular as well. With you there, coming up next to the lead analyst, ArrowheadPride.com, Ron Koppel, discuss a little bit of what went wrong in that Giants game. Look forward to the Packers game without Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk to Ron Kopp next. Welcome back to AP Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger, Jay Binkley, Pete Sweeney with you here. About to be joined by the lead analyst, ArrowheadPride.com. His name is Ron Kopp. At Ron underscore cop, K-O-double-P, mm. as Pete likes to say. Good evening, go. Ron. Good evening, fellas. K-O-double-P in the house. All right, Ron. So what was more significant, defensive progress or lack of offensive uh, progress in this uh, in the Giants-Chiefs game? Oh, it's, it's still offensive. The lack of offensive pro- progress, man. Um, it seemed like Mahomes did get a little better this week about sitting in the pocket going to his check down in rhythm when he didn't see his reads downfield come open. But the problem is that he still was going to that check down when reads maybe downfield were open. Um, and then obviously we all, I think we all kind of saw and it stood out how he missed some throws too. Uh, just the ones he attempted, you know, there was one to Tyreek he talked about in his press conference that could have been a huge play if he led him more to the open field. Uh, you know, he missed, he missed a couple times where the ball was just completely inaccurate and not, not where the where it needed to be on the receiver, um, whether it's a downfield throw, downfield throw, intermediate throw, and it was just it's just discouraging because you know the Giants' defense is not a defense that's gonna you know be threatening like the ones we're gonna be seeing coming up, and um, Mahomes just still just didn't look comfortable. He looked like I said he looked better in the pocket than he did in recent weeks, but just still not making those downfield throws and those big plays when they're there, and that's just it's still a little discouraging. Yeah, Ron, so I think Mahomes has been the biggest topic this season just because the Chiefs for now years have lived and died by Patrick Mahomes. The whole rest of the team could play poorly, and Patrick Mahomes seemed to, at least in previous years, always led them to victory or at least kept them in the football game. He's noted that maybe there's been some problems mentally. He's noted footwork. He's noted pocket presence. He's noted timing. What is problem number one, would you say? What have you seen in your film looks? Man, it, it, it's a, gr- a great question because it, the ones you just said are kind of, it's all kind of a little bit of everything. You know, I hate to cop out answer there, yeah. but it really is just, it seems like the play he does have good progress presence and he does step up. It's an inaccurate throw. The play he does escape out of the pocket. You know, there was a clean pocket. He could have stepped up and made a throw. Hmm. Uh, you know, the times he does actually check down, there's a play open downfield, and then the times that he should that he forces it downfield when he should have checked down, he, you know, he forces it downfield. So yeah, it's just it just seems like he's just not in getting in a rhythm. He's not getting he's not playing comfortably. Like he's not confident in himself and his abilities. Um, and then that's just a weird thing. And you can see it like in that in that red zone, the first drive of the game. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it just kind of felt like a turnover was going to happen. Yeah. And you can almost see it with how they how Mahomes was was playing too. Is kind of just kind of the jitteriness in the pocket, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, it just seems like they're all kind of just walking on eggshells right now because they don't want to turn the ball over, and, and Mahomes is included in that, and that all of a sudden turns into them, everyone just not playing very well. And, Ron, what do you kind of attribute it to? Because a lot of things will go down there. Confidence, obviously, with the quarterback, you know, it sometimes feels that uh, he, you know, he's afraid to make that turnover. Like you see some of these these passes he could make, he's afraid to do that. Or with the offensive line, I'm not talking about the interior part of the line. Talk about the tackles with Orlando Brown or or Niang slash Rimmers on the right side. Do you feel that he's got that trust in that part of the offensive line? Well, I, it kind of obviously doesn't, and and I will say that it, it didn't seem like they played better on, on Monday. Um, the offensive line actually, pass protection was was great. Um, there was not a lot of pressure that uh, was forcing Mahomes to do this or that. Um, he was kind of just not, you know, hanging in there at times, and and at other times, you know, bailing or you know, getting rid of it at a, to the checkout too quick. But yeah, I, I think there is something too. He's just not, you know, maybe he's just not trusting the offensive tackles to to hold up where he has to, where he can just step up in the pocket and and, and be confident that they're not going to come get him from behind. So. Yeah, I think it is a trust thing, but that's also something that can just keep continue to get better over the you know over the season. I know now it's halfway through the season, so it's kind of hard to keep saying, "No, oh, it's only been seven, mm-hmm. eight games." But you know, this stuff does take time, and, and he was used to two offensive tackles for the first three years of his career. Now he's getting used to two guys that just aren't flat out as good as Mr. Schwarzenegger Fisher. That's just how it is. Jay Binkley, Pete Sweeney on Arrowhead Pride Radio, talking with the Arrowhead Pride lead. Analyst Ron Cop. Ron, I know you'd agree here. It has seemed like a different defense led by Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. Nick Bolton has had the green dot, but now you suddenly get Anthony Hitchens with a full practice designation. What do you do here if you're the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, I think it's easy. I think you have to roll with what's been working, especially since, like you mentioned, it has kind of turned around a little bit in recent weeks. I think they are playing better, and I don't think that's a coincidence that Nick Bolton is, is playing that middle linebacker position. I just think he brings a little bit of an energy with, when, when attacking the run, especially. I think, you know, I think Hitchens still has that mental process in that's really quick, and he gets to the hole, but he just doesn't get there with the same authority and the same ability to, to hit someone and stonewall the ball carrier like Nick Bolton has. And I think that, that helps the guys around him. I think that's kind of an energy giver. Mm-hmm. The reason why he leads the league and tackles for losses because he keeps doing it. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's a question. And, and I, I, do, I will get it if maybe, hey, you know, the defense struggles against the Packers or, or maybe they struggled this last week. And, and then, you know, maybe you're like, hey, let's get Hitchens back in the lineup. Maybe that will kind of turn it around. And they have the momentum they do right now. You don't want to change it up. You want to keep your best players in the field. And Bolton's playing better than Hitchens has before he, he was injured. That's just the, the fact. Is there a scenario where maybe with the three-linebacker looks, you get Hitchens as the mic and then you can keep – what would be Bolton and Gay on the field while saying goodbye to some of these Neiman snaps? Yes, yes. No, I think I think that is what will what makes sense to happen, especially in base. You have Bolton as the middle linebacker, Willie Gay as the fan, which is close to the line of scrimmage. And then yeah, you have Hitchens as that off ball little linebacker that mm-hmm. can help and run support. Um and, and in base you're not usually not having to worry too much about, you know, having that will have to be in, in pass coverage to be a great pass cover. So yeah, I think that's a that's a great way to get all three of them on the field at the same time. And, and honestly, that raises the level of the, the defense if, if those are on the field and not uh, Neiman in one of those spots. What do you think about the addition to Melvin Ingram in that, in that Chiefs pass rush? Because right now they're still 10th in the NFL in blitzes, so they are trying. Uh, they're 31st in getting sacks uh, with 11 sacks on the season. And 
You, you think about the progression. What's this do to guys like Naughty and Jaron Reed, the ability to put Chris Jones more on the inside? Like he had 28 uh, snaps on the inside, 14 on the outside. But what about that? Then, then Clark and Chris Jones got a sack there to, to kind of end the game for the Kansas City Chiefs. They starting to come alive, or how do you see this rotation going when you're adding Ingram into it? Yeah, the reason it's exciting to me, and it's even more exciting than just the Ingram addition himself, is that Frank Clark, the other edge rusher, and the team's best edge rusher right now, uh, he's starting to really come on, man. He's starting to look like the Frank Clark that uh, we got kind of got excited for before the 2019 season, and we saw in that later half of the 2019 season. That explosiveness that, that kind of was his trademark in Seattle, they looked back, and we really haven't seen it in a while. And, I, and it's getting me excited because I think he's a really good player when he's, when he's fully healthy and he has that same explosiveness. Um, and, and he's a really high-effort player, in my opinion. Uh, and, and that high effort combined with the, with the full healthiness, the explosion with his legs and everything, um, that's a really good player. And I think if Clark and Jones are kind of start hitting their stride right now, both coming off injury, now you add Ingram into the mix, who has, has shown a lot this year, in my opinion, more than you kind of think for a guy that just got traded for peanuts. Um, that is a really, really fun trio, and if they all play up to what they can, that that all of a sudden could be, uh, you know, a difference maker on this defense and, and kind of really lead the turnaround uh, down the stretch of the season. Jay, I've told you a number of times you got to read Ron's opponent's scout at ArrowheadPride.com, and I'm very curious because Ron, your guess is as good as Spags. How did the Chiefs <laughs> prepare for Jordan Love, a player with no regular season starts? Yeah, no, it is a great question. I got, I'm digging into the preseason film tonight to, uh, <laughs> to see if I can learn anything. Uh, yeah, no, I I think what, the, what we've heard today in the in the press pressers though is true. The fact that they're not going to change the offense. It's going to be a yeah. very similar offense to what they've been running because they have great players. They they really do. Devontae Adams. You know, I don't. I know we all love Tyree Killer on here, but I I'm a, I'm not afraid to admit that Devontae Adams is probably a better peer receiver than Tyree Kill. Uh, Aaron Jones is one of the best running backs in the league. And this Packers offensive line all of a sudden has gotten healthy with Bakhtiari back in the lineup, and that that allows them to move Elton Jenkins back to his usual spot where he's one of the best guards in the league. Um, you know, Bakhtiari is the left tackle. This Packers offense is just very talented, and so they can kind of make make do with it without Rodgers. Love kind of just kind of have to game manage. And Matt LaFleur is a great play caller, too. I, I think he doesn't get enough credit for being a great play caller. You saw them switch it up against the Cardinals, run the ball a lot, because that's what they needed to do. And, and he'll do what he needs to do to win a game. And so that is the scary part about this matchup is that, you know, just because it's a backup quarterback doesn't mean it's an, it's an easy one. It'll still be a really tough game for the Chiefs. Well, there's one thing for sure. They have the seventh-best defense in the NFL. They'll still be playing. And the other thing, too, Ron, they're plus eight in turnover ratio. Second in the NFL, the Chiefs are minus 11, last in the NFL. Those are concerning things. Because listening to some of the Packers today, they're talking about how the Chiefs like getting rid of the football, uh, giving it up, and they're talking about taking the ball away. When all those things are considered with Jordan Love, plus this defense is going to be just fine for the Packers, how are you looking at this game shaking out? Yeah, and I think that is one way that the Chiefs could get this, this leg up. You mentioned the turnover differential. Well, hey, Jordan Love's making his first career start. You know, Arrowhead may not be pa- popping like it, like it usually is. There's probably going to be a lot of Packers fans there, unfortunately, but... I do think that's one place where the Chiefs just need to maybe force a bad play or two and take advantage of those bad plays, get a couple turnovers and make a difference in this game. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I think it'll, it won't hit the over depending on what that number is. I haven't seen it. Um, but I, I just can't trust the Chiefs' offense to take off right now. But I do think the Chiefs' defense could make some plays. 
but I'm not ready to predict it yet. You're not you're not putting me in that corner yet. I, I got to think it <laughs> no. a little more because man, this, this is this is a weird time. I wasn't going to pick the Chiefs. Then this Rogers news comes out. I don't know what to do. I'm I'm up in the air. What are you waiting for, Kramer's like simulation before you make yeah, a decision? That's, that's what you have to wait for. It was right last week. So. Oh, I want to see it. I want to see him put Jordan Love in the uh, Arrowhead Pride simulation. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm doing, Bink. I'm waiting for the simulation. <laughs> All right, Ron, you take care. Lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com. We're on cop at Ron underscore cop, K-O-P-P. See you, Ron. All right, thanks, J.P. There you at, go. At one point he said he was copping out of a prediction, and I, I said, isn't that what he usually does anyway? You know what I mean? Are you willing to make one tonight, or you mm. kind of hinted about? Uh, I mean, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Okay, right. right? I'm not going. You pick, weren't though. That was the thing. You weren't. I'm not going to pick Jordan Love over Patrick Mahomes. I was not going to pick the Chiefs, but here we are. That's why you don't really know who the Chiefs are, and you're not going to know after this week. They, it's become a they better win, right? Yeah, that's, that's true. Coming up next, Pete. Pete questions. Oh, love that. We'll talk about Mahomes and some of the recent struggles. Pete asked uh, Patrick Mahomes. Some interesting stuff today. And we'll look at the Chiefs' uh, running game. Can you believe in it? If the teams are going to give Chiefs two safeties in the back, they can continue to run. Derek Gore, makes his, Derek Gore makes his debut. Talk about that. And we'll talk about something that's starting on to rise against the Chiefs. You didn't see earlier in the season, and now it becomes a real problem. We do that next. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to AP Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Jay Binkley, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com. Pete Sweeney, back to Mahomes for just a second. You asked him today, Pete. About his pocket presence brings us to our first beat question of the night. You noted uh, footwork, pocket presence, things you're working on as the season goes on. What did you notice when it comes to progress in the film tape um, against the Giants? I feel like I did a better job of kind of getting into the pocket and being in the pocket, but I feel like my base still wasn't uh, the way I wanted it to be. There was kind of times I was high on my toes, uh, which is never never good at the quarterback position. So that's stuff that I'll kind of try to, to work on this week and uh, just be better mechanically because then whenever I'm better mechanically and making those throws, the other stuff comes with it. It's kind of like the last couple of games have definitely been slumping, and we see yeah. what the defense is doing. They put the safeties back, opened up the running game. It was open running lanes because of where those safeties were. Yeah, we, we talk about Gore in, in Darrell Williams and all that, but it was there for the taking because they were so concerned about Pat Mahomes. Well, one thing is the, the offense still 2.62 points per drive, mm-hmm. which is ahead of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers at 238. What do you see from him? Because I see Dan Orlovsky. I see all these other analysts trying to look at Patrick Mahomes, what he's doing wrong. Listen, he's never going to be as orthodox as people want, but you know what? That stuff has worked for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I I think I think there's a, a a point to what a lot of people are saying, other than the the injury thing. I I think he's fine. I I think the off season surgery was successful, and he's not really a guy who is going to let any kind of nick or knack hold him from being who he is. I would lean, in my opinion, a little bit more in the mental side. I I think what's great about Patrick Mahomes and something that we saw from. 2017 in that last game to 2020 was his ability almost like an NBA player to take what's in front of him be decisive and make plays and be timely with them and showcases athleticism and there was a 
there was a fearlessness to that aspect, whereas right now I think there is some natural hesitation and jitters to really be that player because I think the Chiefs are so nervous about turning over the football and the quicksand of the game that gets away stemming from the league leading 19 turnovers. Let's not lose sight of of this and just how impressive to be four turnovers ahead of the NFL yet to be 500 on in a league where really any team can beat any team on on any given and Sunday. And let's face it, this team could be has, six and two very easily. Has it's been impressive, and so I see Mahomes not being Mahomes in the sense of just having confidence in the fact that he's the best player in the game right now. And you're seeing, I think, some mistakes stem from that. But it's a happy medium, and that's what's so interesting about him working through this is he needs to continue to do that stuff out of structure for the Chiefs to be successful, but he also needs to be in structure and play within the pocket and whatnot, and it's finding that happy medium and feeling good about it that's going to lead the Chiefs back to their consistent winning ways. And as far as his health is concerned, he got a kind of gimpy, as you say, on one play there. He didn't look 100%. Did bounce back, did have that toe surgery in the offseason. You got to the bottom of it. You came up a little limpy at a moment. Are you completely good from that offseason surgery? Do you feel 100% healthy and everything like that? Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel fine. I mean, uh, I, I was more limpy because I kind of landed awkwardly in the out of bounds when I was running there. So uh, it was just trying to make sure it was all good. But, I mean, I feel fine. I'm, I'm ready to go. And, I mean, that's what you, what you do in football is you go out there and play. So he clarified that. He did get up kind of you're like, Ugh, like you see. Okay. Well, but you he, saw he, the pro football it, talk thing today where it's, Begging the question, is Patrick Mahomes injured? And I don't I don't think he's injured. I, I just think he's working through some things. And I think typically you work through these things in an offseason, and the Chiefs don't have an offseason right now. They also have to play three straight games before they even get a break. And, and I think that you're seeing a player who is getting struggles and, and it's out there for the world to see. Better now than in December slash January, but let's see how the Chiefs emerge once they kind of get through this stuff. In the running game, Pete, they did only run for 107 yards in this game. People have been screaming for the Chiefs to run more. The opportunity was there when they put the safeties back. Hey, the Chiefs are forcing a deal on them. Darrell Williams, we got to see some Derek Gore. You got to see some Derek Gore who flashed um, in in the preseason. Former Alabama running back that transferred to Louisiana Monroe. He did look good. You know, people are talking... Clyde, what's going to happen? Well, Clyde did go 4.7 yards per carry. Darrell Williams was at 3.8 in that game, and Derek Gore was at 4.4. So throughout the larger body of work, Clyde's still better. But again, Clyde's not activated. He could be activated now. Still going to be maybe some weeks on Clyde. Yeah, I I think they're going to hold Clyde until he's fully healthy. And what Darrell Williams and now by extension Derek Gore are allowing you to do is to do just that, right? You don't have to necessarily feel like you are rushing Clyde Edwards-Elair back. He needs to be fully healthy to be effective. One thing we found out in the offseason was that he was not fully healthy at the end of last year and into that Super Bowl. And you feel for the kid because now it's been two times where it finally feels like he's coming to his own and he's got some momentum. And then he gets the injury in 2020 where it looked like he just had a broken body in that New Orleans Saints game. And then you get into the game this year and it's another injury. And so... A speedy recovery, but I don't think it's going to be a rush situation. And Derek Gore is the player who sort of emerged from what has been the rubble, the practice squad in a sense, and I think he's buying Clyde Edwards-Elair some time. But I, but still, the sooner that Clyde comes back, I think the better the offense will be. Yeah, no question about it. And one of the things uh, to Gore is, you know, the, 
everybody's different styles. Andy Reid talked about the different styles. You know, Darrell Williams is a guy that's mm. going to run you over. Gort, you know, he they puts himself in the category he right. can't do. But catching the football, Darrell Williams ahead of Gore at this point, and the ultimate is pass protection. Like, you're not going to be back there unless you have the pass protection. You asked Gore just that today about making strides in, in, in uh, pass protection. What type of strides have you made in pass protection that maybe allowed you to get into the lineup? Um, it's a, a lot, honestly, just working on my technique. Um, Coach Greg Lewis and Coach Bianami just helped me out, uh, understanding um, pre-snap determinations like what I can work on and stuff like that before the ball's even snap. And that's the thing, P. We, we see these undrafted running backs. Right. You, know, you see like Taysom Williams doing what he's doing in Baltimore. We saw Dearness Johnson fresh from the uh, AAF last year that uh, went out of business. You know, he goes for 146 a couple weeks ago in a good, de- decent defense in the Broncos. But th- these are things I think they wanted him to refine. Now you start to see it. He's put the work in at practice. They're not going to play him unless you have right. that. And they played him. Again, his skill set you can make an argument. I mean, I, I think that uh, the better runners are Gore and uh, and Clyde, to be honest with you. Darrell Williams is more the all-around for blocking and pass mm. catching. But Gore is certainly making a statement. Yeah, he looks like the best option the Chiefs have at running back right now. And that's very impressive where you know he's come from and, and needing to simply make this practice squad and, and team. It was a player that was cut. And Eric Bieniemy kind of came out and, and worked with him and, and said, you know, keep at it. You're going to help this team somewhere down the line. And I think we're seeing just that. And, and it's a, a, a credit to the Chiefs coaching staff for keeping a good head on these guys' shoulders. And, you know, too often it's a 100% injury league. People are going to get injured. You're going to need some of these no-namers. And, and they're once no-names, and sometimes they become names to step up. And I think you're seeing that. With Gore, the Chiefs showed a little bit of swagger in the run game by being willing to run it five times five in a row time, yeah. and it ending up in a touchdown. And I think right now I'm begging for more of that. Now, I, I can't say that you just go out there and, and blindly, hey, we're going to run five or six plays well, in if a If they're row. going to give you that defensive look. Exactly. Okay, if they, exactly. The safeties are creeped up because the line, the, you don't do that. You know well, Jay, like that'll open Make up the pay. pass game yeah. more than anything else is letting – Teams know you're willing to do that stuff. You're willing to go to the line and just say, okay, you're going to give us a light box. Well, this kid is going to run it down your throat. And I think you saw that and you saw a glimpse of it. I I think more of that, and that'll help the pass game more than anything, as I said. Well, a new injury, so to speak, in the AFC West. We'll get to that in just a minute. Plus, the uh, something that concerns me a lot, I'll ask you if it concerns you when you watch the Chiefs game. And Pete's questions, send them in. Jay Southland, Toe Service, text line. That's right. 913-576-7610. I already see New York warming up. We do that next. Oh, Lord. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to AP Radio. Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Jay Binkley. Pete Sweeney. Sitting in here now. Before I get to the uh, AFC picture, Pete, with some information yeah. about a certain quarterback that might be banged up. Everybody's got issues at this point, or they're making trades. The Chiefs had 12 penalties mm. in this game. Only 11 in that Super Bowl. Not only 11, but 11 in that Super Bowl, which was out of control. But last year, you know, the Chiefs fourth in the NFL in penalties. Two years ago, they were number one in the NFL in penalties. They've had 21 penalties in the last two weeks. Something I used to talk about, Pete, about what was a good sign for the Chiefs is they were in the bottom third of penalties in the NFL, like sitting around 27th, 28th. They moved up to fifth. All right, that's one thing you can be there if you're not turning the ball over. 
Yeah. And they were having the turnovers, but yet we're good in penalties. What's bad is when you're bad at both. And this is a concerning trend the Chiefs are on with the penalties. Yeah, it always is an issue with them. The amount of problems that they have and still managing to be 500 is is unbelievable right now. I, I know I said it earlier. But if they could clean up one or two of these things, right, you'd, you'd probably start winning a little bit more. And you have a grand opportunity this week to get back above 500, and then I think you're going to face two tough tests with the, the Raiders and, and the Cowboys, not to look ahead. But, you know, you, you have an opportunity here to go 2-1 and one at least, and that'll get you above 500 when you get into your break. And I, I think that should be a reasonable goal right now. As far as the AFC is concerned, Justin Herbert has some news about him with his hand. Right hand did not injury. practice today. So that's that. Von Miller traded for the Denver Broncos. Obviously, there's the Henry Ruggs uh, situation, which is an absolutely terrible situation in Las Vegas. He's been released from the team. But anyway, those are some pretty big names inside this division. The AFC is, in a way, come back to the Chiefs in a sense. I was talking about this on the drive earlier. The Chiefs are fortunate that they're not in the a- in the NFC because then any chance of maybe getting a, a bye week would be completely out of the question. I, I think it's probably not going to happen for the Chiefs in the AFC, but there's still at least a chance. Like that, that movie scene where you're saying, so you're telling there's a chance. Dumb and dumber, baby. Yeah, I mean, can the Raiders be consistent here? They're number two in the conference. Do you have the Tennessee Titans who just lost their, their most important piece of their team for – what is going to be, looks like, the duration of the regular season. We've seen Buffalo drop some games um, here. You don't really know what the Ravens, can the Ravens sustain 5-2 and two with their injury issues. The fact that the Bills uh, did lose to the Steelers and the Titans. I know you have the Steelers cooking there, and then they're uh, having some wins, and, and it seems like the AFC North is going to beat up on each other a little bit. So if you can start to take care of business here, and let's say, and let's be generous because the Chiefs need to play better, let's say the Chiefs, are able to win these three games and you get to the break at seven and four, what are the rest of these teams really going to look like? Are the Chiefs going to be that far out of the top of the AFC? I tend to think not just because everyone seems to just be beating up on each other. So, man, if they could just start to figure these things out, this problem and and this panic may be uh, something that you can put in the rearview mirror. And the one thing, too, is in as far as outside of the AFC West – you look at Baltimore, yeah. they were on a bye. But two of the last three games, they've given up 500 yards. That's a concern. Obviously, the Chargers' defense is concerned if we want to look at the AFC West again. Pittsburgh, I can't figure Pittsburgh out. I keep the, wanting to put, stick a fork in them. They're not done. They're staying away. Cle- or Indianapolis has dropped two games they should have won at this point. Cincinnati loses to the freaking Jets. Right. The division like, who wants to stay? In Tennessee, just lost Derrick Henry. The division is certainly wide open, and... The tricky part about the one AFC buy, it, it's a shame it's only one now because two, you could even start to say, I, I think the Chiefs could get to number two, but it's just not happening to them anymore. The problem is you've already dropped these AFC games. So the thing you got to remember if you're trying to be ambitious here and look at the bye week is the Chiefs just simply need to have the best record. You're not going to probably be able this year to have the same record of, let's say, two or three teams and be able to win that out because your conference record and your head-to-head is not going to be there. So you're talking about, if you want to shout out the AFC by, probably one more out with how the AFC is going to have a shot. Probably need to run the table. But the division is right there for them. I, I think it's going to come back to them with everything that is happening. I, I would agree there. First peak question tonight comes from the 913. Nick Bolton leads all rookies in tackles. Third in the NFL in tackles for loss. 
You got uh, Willie Gay out there as well. But speaking, but they ask, okay, they, they, it's jumbled up here. But they did say, Veach's second round last year, Nick Bolton and Creed Humphrey, he should get some credit for that. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, not every draft has been great. His last couple have been very good. This Creed Humphrey pick, Creed Humphrey not only looks good for rookies, he looks Highest good for awesome offensive linemen. linemen in the NFL. Linemen. Every, we're talking about everybody. Same thing with Nick Bolton, where you have him among the league leaders in, in tackles for loss. Gets a lot of, of stuff going at Veach right now, and I think to some extent uh, that's deserved. But you also got to look at, I think, those picks, and, and they're helping the Chiefs. Had the Chiefs not made these picks, who knows what the record would be with Creed Humphrey and, and maybe having Austin Ryder still or, or an Austin Blythe. Um, maybe would be fine, but they wouldn't be playing to the caliber of, of what Creed Humphrey has been able to do. And, and Nick Bolton... I think you can look at, at what Nick Bolton has done these past couple of weeks and, and even dating earlier to the season and probably talking about at least one win difference, a swing win there in, instead of, of maybe being three and five, you're four and four. It's funny because you always hear like the negative things on a Brett Beach draft, but I don't hear everybody giving him credit for Bolton and Creed Humphrey. When you have the highest graded rookie offensive lineman since they've been keeping track in Creed Humphrey, yeah. the leading tackler – all rookies, same round, second round. Nobody wants to give each credit for that, which is which is comical. And yeah, I, I think there's a, I think there's a jury still out on what Josh Gordon's going to be able to do. I really do. I they, it brings us to our next peak question, they, Josh Gordon. <laughs> they they keep getting, they they keep trying to get him involved, and and that was something I asked Andy Reid after the game, and I I believe it. I don't think it's just coach speak. I think this guy is close to. To breaking through, and if he does, suddenly this offense starts clicking again. You get Travis Kelsey going again because they can't give him as much attention. Same thing with Tyreek Hill, who you saw had a nice game last game. I think it's all right there for them. They're four and four. It's right there, Pete. Break with the Packers. Keep it moving. Keep the line moving. All right, Pete. Uh, I know that you're picking the Chiefs now. You were going to be the Pack, but obviously the Aaron Rodgers news changes your mind. All right, let's go Packers, uh, Raiders, and Cowboys. Let's take a three-game stretch. 3 and 0, 2 and 1, 1 and 2. What are they? 0 and 3. I like the Chiefs over the Packers and the Raiders. I need so to two see and one. I need to see more in these two games to make me pick them over what would be Dak Prescott. I hate to say this. The Cowboys look like a Super Bowl team, right? Yeah, they really we can't do. pick the Chiefs against them right now. We will download this over on arrowheadpride.com plus right here at 610sports.com. Thanks to Ron Cop for joining us and thanks for producing Chris Onocero. Good night.